Hey you, and welcome to The Top 10. This is a podcast where we talk about the latest and the greatest top 10 and whether it be in health, in relationships, or just whatever the current events are. I'm Control Holloway. And I'm Jay Holloway, your co-host. Hey, today our top 10 is, is talking about ways to renovate your marriage. And this is really based on the book, Renovating Your Marriage, Room by Room by Dr. Johnny Parker Jr. And the basis of this book is uh, basically in a, a marital house, you have a foundation, you build it together as a couple if you're married. Uh, but if you have a, a bad foundation in the house and the house is shaking, uh, you need to redo it again or renovate it. And that's kind of the idea I think they're talking about in the book is if you have that, if your foundation is shaken, you have to renovate that. And he uses the analogy room by room. Right. And it, he also starts about, you know, sketching out your plans. Let's get to the blueprint of it all. What are our expectations and what type of future do we want to have together in our marriage? So all these things have to be discussed and talked about and addressed. And hopefully before you get married, but if they're not, um, even in those early days and right after the honeymoon is over when stuff really sinks in of, man, I didn't know you were going to leave your socks on the floor like that, <laughs> um, you know, takes place, you know, how to deal with those things. So we want to go through the top 10 list of some of these um, renovation tips that Dr. Johnny Parker was to offer us. And uh, he talks about it not only as a uh, trained professional, but he also is married for several years to his lovely wife, Leslin. And uh, he talks about how he and his wife went through these things. So he's talking about it personally as well as professionally. And we're going to go through each one of those 10 chapters as a top 10 and give you some general feedback on that. But right. you may want to get the book to see anyway. All right. You ready? Yeah. Number Let's one, the wrong foundation, Katrill. Um, this to me is, he's talking about dealing with unrealistic expectations. So of course I personally had them. I don't know what woman, what man doesn't. Um, but again, I, um, I had to deal with that cause I did come in with, no, I thought you could be my knight in shining armor. You're supposed to take care of everything. And I'm just here just, to, just to compliment you. Um, and then of course I didn't think that all the time, but still I had to deal with some like, oh man. This is not this is not happening. <laughs> this this is not so. So yeah, dealing with unrealistic expectations. So he uses that as an example in the house if your foundation is weak and you expected it as the Bible talks about build it on sand versus a solid rock, you know, stone, right. you know. Um, so you can't really have any uh, real expectations if your foundation is not solid. And so I guess in, in reality, a solid foundation in marriage is what he's talking about and what we would say. What would you say a solid foundation is? Be, and we're going to come up with that. Right. That's number two is a strong foundation. But the, the, what is the, the wrong foundation? Uh, me expecting you to do certain things that only God can do. That okay. was huge. Oh, yeah. That was huge. Mm -hmm. only, he has certain things that only he can do. So why, why me expect those out of you? You are a man. You're human. You're... Faulty. You're beautiful, though. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't think I was going to have faults coming well, into this I mean, marriage? Well, I mean, there's just the whole imperfections I wasn't really focused on. Mm -hmm. How about that? Okay. Yeah. So, number two, strong foundation. So He says uh, to use the tools of communication and integrity as a strong foundation in your marriage. So, what do you think he means by that? And, and he talked about just communicating and with integrity. And I guess a lot of couples who don't have that don't have a strong foundation. Well, that's true. Not only um, we want to talk about everything under the sun, um, you want to be forthcoming with a whole lot of stuff. And I say that because there are some people that are living some double lives and they're not communicating these double lives and they're not having integrity. And 
um, doing so by communicating and talking about everything and addressing um, as much as you can so that everyone is on one accord, that is how you build a strong foundation. So by communicating that and being honest. So yeah. if there are difficult situations, um, what he's suggesting is that you still be open and honest with those difficult situations or what he's saying, you don't have a strong foundation if you are not being open and honest with these difficult situations. Right. And of course, with your spouse, but primarily with yourself. So I can't change what I don't address. So there's a lot of stuff that I have to address, which goes back to the wrong foundation of all these unrealistic expectations. And then I can change them. But I've got to address them within myself first and, of course, with your spouse. Um, you and I have, have worked in various churches doing some marriage mentoring. And quite often, um, couples we've talked to, um, as with anybody, at the beginning when you're dating and before you get married, you put on your best communication <laughs> and that kind of thing. And The PR person. Yeah, and yeah. they don't do premarital counseling to determine uh, all of those elements that you could really see first, that some, a third party could probably see there's some communication issues and integrity issues. So I would say, adding to Dr. Parker's, that, you know, um, premarital counseling if you're looking at getting married and also if you're having these issues going and getting counseling right but if you haven't done that from the beginning it's going to be probably hard for you to do it and letting somebody in but we would certainly recommend that you have some mentor or counseling right if you're having some communication integrity issues yeah if it wasn't for premarital counseling i remember a couple of questions that i hadn't even thought to ask you and i know we you know we spent hours on the phone we spent a long time um, just dating and getting to know one another. But if it wasn't for premarital counseling, I was just assuming that I knew the answer to some of those questions. And I want to add to Dr. Brooke Parker's book. I think you and I talked about that. In my opinion, there are really four key things. Communication is one of them to a strong marriage. But uh, intimacy, communication, um, spirituality, and money management. Right. And without any one of those four things here, your foundation, in my opinion, is faulty and will fall. Right. All right, number three, the kitchen, he talks about. So now we're getting into the rooms and what his book is all about. You're right. So the the wrong foundation, the the best foundation, and now let's get to some rooms. Um, And the kitchen, what happens in the kitchen? We all like to eat. So he talks about having a nutritious communication. Um, So this is where I think uh, this is where you need to check in with your mate. Make deposits daily. So whatever you feed grows. Whatever you starve dies. Oh, wow. What a great analogy. (laughs) Yeah. So guess what? There are a lot of dying relationships out there, marriages out there, because they have not been fed. Um, Whether they've been in in the bedroom of communication, in the bedroom of um, intimacy or sex or or what have you. So check in with your your, your spouse, the person you're in a relationship with. Check their temperature. Make sure they're doing good. It's almost like I like to say, do a 360-degree evaluation. We do it on the job. And we work for somebody else for that. But I need to check in. How am I doing? Am I doing okay as a, as a spouse? Are you getting what you need? Um, and how can I, you know, pour into today? What can I do for you today? Which goes back to some love languages as well. Which is making a deposit. And when we think about banking, if you're making these nutritious communication, which is associated with the kitchen, uh, and those are deposits. Because when you make deposits, eventually you want to make a withdrawal. And if you haven't made the good nutritious deposits, you can't make good 
withdrawal. So feed me, baby. I want to be fat and happy with your love. How about that? <laughs> P-H-A-T and happy. Yeah, I want to be fat and happy. I don't want to be malnutrition, right? Well, you know, Starving. since he's using nutrition as an example, if you're eating the wrong foods, like we, we, we encourage with plant-based diet, but a lot of people eating all these unhealthy foods. Oh, pescatarian. Yeah, <laughs> have problems also, with they're making the wrong deposits, bad food, they have problems with their digestive system and getting that out as well. No, that's true. You know, so. That's true. You think you can be giving me some attention, and that's not the attention that I want. Right. And I'm still malnutrition about so, it. So, number four is uh, in the bathroom. And so, speaking of that, I was that deposit, <laughs> you know, and that the external. Uh, he calls a shower of forgiveness. Practice using the tools of forgiveness during times of conflict. So... Uh, I guess a lot of times people have issues and we will have issues. Marital couples do have issues when they have intimate. Uh, what what did our pastor use sometime? We're having um, intimate conflict. What's the terminology used? Just heated conversations. Heated conversations, you know. Yeah, okay. And that's the time to exercise and practice your tools of forgiveness. And because the assumption is, is that we all love each other. But can we practice forgiveness? That's true. I, I like how he puts this in the bathroom because if I'm riddled with unforgiveness, I'm, I'm heavy. I'm, I'm, I'm backed up, I'm constipated, really. Um, and I'm dirty. So um, why not go to the bathroom for that and, and continue to walk in forgiveness um, on an ongoing basis? Okay. Uh, we're going to come up next with numbers five through seven. So number five of our top 10, how to renovate your marriage room by room, is the basement. So let's go all the way down to the, the basement, meaning processing some excess baggage. Um, and Dr. Parker recommends, hey, how about you journal? How about you journal your baggage and your issues? Not necessarily, you know, act them out or um, express all of them. Just journal it. Be with yourself. Get with your own, your mind and your emotions and deal with them. What are your thoughts on that? That seems to be more beneficial or easier for ladies or women i think than men for journaling not to say that men can't journal because uh i know that dr parker uh through his um trainings and what he does at his churches and his events he encourages journaling for men to do that and i think it's healthy it's just i think a little more difficult for us to do that okay so check this out you all are visual right right how about you all just do a a video how about you (laughs) vlog <laughs> your issues and your emotions. You talk it out. You see yourself doing it. Would that help? I don't know. I um. I don't know. I just think guys will have a, an issue with that. I'm not saying that it's not a good idea. Okay, but you need yeah. to come up with an alternative, though. Yeah. So and just I, not do it. Probably just. Um, I think guys could probably just talk it out with each other. Oh, okay. You know, there's another way to journal it verbally. Um, I don't think, you know, today's uh, Snapchat and all of this, you know, social media, you know, you put your stuff down, it can go anywhere. True. That's true. <laughs> you know? But I think journaling is a great idea. And uh, for men, I think, you know, just talking to other brothers and uh, men about the issues, because you all talk quite a bit. Absolutely. We, we do it all. Women do it all. We journal, yeah. we talk, we express, we keep it moving. So he, it's interesting that he's got this in the basement, you know, kind of like a foundation that, you know, 
It's kind of your bases for, is where you put your excess baggage anyway, right? Yeah, that's true. In the basement. That's true. So journal it, he says, and uh, and in your issues, and I guess journaling is a way to see what you've got mm -hmm. and, and process it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Then he goes, number six is uh, fundamentals, the playroom. You know, so playroom is another room in your house where he says, schedule time to have fun and do what your spouse enjoys. I think the two things in that that I got out of that is scheduling time and doing what your spouse enjoys. My parents used to say, you know, one of their secrets to a long-term marriage is they made each other happy. They, their goal was to make the other one happy. So this is not just if you look at it, I think uh, he's saying for yourself to uh, do what you like, you know, but to do what the other one likes and hopefully it will be reciprocal. Right, or even find out what you both enjoy doing and, and make sure you have those um, things done often. If we both love um, to go salsa dance and make sure we schedule it and it's done on a weekly basis. You like salsa dance. Well, I just put that in there. <laughs> so number seven in our top 10 is the living room. This is the room that we have to live, that we have to um, exist together. And he talks about together on the love seat. So it may be a one compartment seat but it's still two sections in this one seat and i think it's about appreciating each other's differences mm -hmm. um if you don't mind i wanted to go back and finish mm -hmm. the fundamentals mm -hmm. before we get to that living room <laughs> <laughs> um i wanted to share with our audience one of the things that we did that we learned uh, i think it is important it's helpful is to sit down and talk about all the things that you like to do individually and then what we like to do together and then put those in a little jar, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then then we can pick something out on a date night. So in other words, schedule a date night. Don't just go out, schedule a date night. And and instead of, what are we gonna do this time? What are we gonna do? Oh gosh, I hate it when you say that. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> guys are known for asking and you are like, well, you know, I don't know. And then you do when we say go somewhere, then you say, well, I don't wanna go there. Cause we can tell you what we don't want. Right. a lot faster than what we want so <laughs> so so that's why this jar or this little box is important to we when we sit down of what we want to do what we both like to do put it in there so when it's time to go out you just pull that jar out or pull those little notes out and everybody's happy right i got you yeah so okay. i wanted to share that with with our listeners okay okay back right. to your living room number seven so number seven <laughs> was appreciate each other's differences so if I was more independent before we got married and I'm just that person that in the living room, I just like to get in the corner, read a book and that's my flow and that's my thing. I don't necessarily perhaps want to share that with you all the time. That's just my thing. So we can still be, I guess, independent with one another. And what's your word you like to use? Interdependent? Interdependence. Yeah. yeah. So we can, we can still thrive on that, but I don't want to lose myself or the things that I brought to the table. So the living room is together on the love seat. He talks about appreciating each other's differences. So what you're saying is I can appreciate your differences and allow you to do what you want to do while I do what I want to do. Because the previous time we had, we already had fun in the fundamentals of going mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. but we also at the same time in the living room, let's live with each other peaceably. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and still, you know, keep each other's, um, um, personality that we brought to the table, keep each other's you know, differences that we have. That's, it's not a bad thing. We're one, but we're still two different human beings. 
So let's share some example, uh, an example about that in our marriage with our listeners. I don't know. When you want to go play golf? You don't. Right. And so I'll go because you like to go play golf. But, you know, don't get crazy if I'm not doing a cartwheel. Like, oh, my gosh, yes, let's go play golf. I mean, I'm not going to be that excited about it because I know this is your thing. Right? That's a good example. And the same way with shopping. Okay. With you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Yeah, and what I mean by it is that she likes to go shopping and I don't. And so don't get so excited if I don't want to go. Right. But sometimes you'll go with me to golf mm-hmm. and sometimes I go with you shopping. Right. But that's an example that Parker uses for number seven in the living room is appreciating each other's differences. And that can be in personality and, and, you know, I'm a sanguine, I may be the extroverted one, you may be the introverted one, but I'm not trying to make you the extroverted one. I'm just stay in my lane, you stay in your lane, and there's a reason why I liked you and loved you and wanted to marry you, so I don't want to lose that, right? We don't want to lose that in each other. So in, in talking about number seven, uh, appreciating others' difference uh, together in the living room, on the love seat, um, Sometimes people can be married for a long time and those differences that they had early that were really a problem. Oh, right. You know, they never resolved it like in these first other rooms that we talked about. And, and, now, and it gets worse. Yeah. And you hear people, yeah. you know, and that's one of the reasons why I guess this book is important in renovating your marriage room by room, because you get in this room and all of a sudden, number seven, bam, you know, differences. Yeah. I never liked that about you anyway. Well, it was true, though. <laughs> so... <laughs> So what he's saying in this is to appreciate each other's differences. And quite often, people marry folks that are the opposite. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it's, it's cute at the beginning, though, right? And it, it gets on your nerves in two of the five years into it. So, so And that's normal. It happens. It happens to the best of us. So opposites attract, but also there can the differences can be can can really get on each other's nerves sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why people wants to start to change each other. Yeah. Okay. Look, let's come back with uh, the final segment, uh, which is um, numbers eight, nine, and ten, and we're going to talk about that, uh, which is the sunroom, the master bedroom, and the fences. We'll tell them about that hmm. right after this message from our sponsor. So now we're on topic number eight um, as to how to renovate your marriage room by room out of our top 10. And this is the sun room. Everything is so bright and sunny and so warm in the sun room and things grow and they thrive. So we're talking about love and respect of each other. So uh, again, it goes back to what does men want? Men are made from Mars. Women are made from Venus, right? So on behalf of, I'm going to speak on all women in the world. We want love, you know. That's primarily what they say, right? But it's all about giving each other what you need. So what, what do men need and what do women, what do we need? What do, what do men need? What y'all need? What you want? Well, um, I think we come down to that in the next next topic about our needs. But in this case, it's, it's oh, no, you're right. Love and respect. Love and respect. Yeah. 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 So uh, men want respect. Women want love. And what does that look like? So that has to be talked about, discussed expounded upon i need examples i need scenario i need to role play with you so that i can walk through 
what does respect look like to you? Well, for men, uh, we want to know that we're appreciated, you know, that, um, you know, we're, we're valued for, you know, what we do. Um, you know, we, we express our love in providing mm. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, we go out and we work hard every day. I told you I love you because I went to work today, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we bring home the bacon. We, you know, we put food on the table, uh, well, at least in the bank account so you can get it and put it on right, the table. Right, right. Because if you work a lot, I may not look at that as love, mm-hmm. as, as the woman. I'm thinking, man, I don't care if you didn't bring a check. I need some time from you. I want to talk with you and communicate with you. Well, and let me say, you and I are more of a traditional marriage, but everyone is not in a traditional marriage That's in the true. sense of... And in some cases, the, the, the wife may be bringing in the most money, mm-hmm. you know. And so there still is a respect factor of the man. And I think even in, in the non-traditional household, standing up and taking his rightful place as the head of the household. And I think personally it's out of order in a marriage if the woman is the head of the household just because she makes more money. Right. I got you. you. Know? I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. Because yeah, so things can get a little interesting by the time we think think that through and figure that out we can have a different vibe in the household so i get it yeah so i mean so we want respect and i think we earn that respect when we're taking leadership uh you know as a spiritual head you know as um the protector and and the provider so um i think that's important you know that the man does that and he earns that respect Tell tell me about love well i know um for me love is um it is in time it is in um, attention. It is in uh, affection. It's in all those things. So I, I need for you to talk to me. I need for you to express yourself. I need for you to tell me how you feel, what's going on with your day, all those things. So it may feel a little touchy-feely versus then um, respect the way you define it as going out and, and working. Because at five o'clock at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sure you're not trying to have more questions asked of you if you're a manager, but I need to ask some more questions. How was your day today? Well, did you deal with that meeting that you thought about? You know, all those things. I'll give you some time to decon- decompress and come into the house and do whatever you need to do first before I just hamp on you. Um, but at the same time, I need for you to reach out and um, share yourself with me. I think that's what love means to me. And, and love is safety and security and make sure, you know, stuff is paid and I can cut on a light and open the refrigerator and get something to eat. and then you move to number nine the master bedroom that dr parker talked about master bedroom the biggest bedroom in the house right Right. and um dr parker had in his book um renovating your your marriage room by room talks about number nine uh being the master bedroom the sextraordinary love Mm -hmm. uh discuss uh sexual needs and desires and check the temperature to see if your mate is pleased. Oh, people say sex is so overrated. What are you talking about? Overrated. Yeah, it's not that serious. <laughs> overrated. Well, let me see. It's definitely at the top. It should have been number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think guys think it's number one. You know, but I think it's and a, some ladies too. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's a sure. myth. I was about to say it. I think it's a yeah. myth that people think it's just the guys want it. But I think what he mentions in this book in here, number nine, the master bedroom, is to discuss what the needs are. The Bible says the bed is undefiled, so whatever both, I interpret that to be, whatever both agree on is acceptable in the bedroom. And can I say that it's, it's godly too? Okay. 
Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Whatever, yeah, whatever. Because we means. could agree to, you know, bring certain things in the room. <laughs> oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? And but if they ain't godly, okay, good luck with that. Okay. I mean, you know. Okay. All right. I'm with. I'm you. just throwing that in. Yeah. Okay. But again, regardless, it needs to be discussed. Um, and agreed upon. Yeah, and, and yeah. checking your each other's temperature. You know, am I am, am I fulfilling your sexual desires <laughs> for the week? Are you good? <laughs> you need more. You need less. What's going on? Were you satisfied? Were you pleased? Etc. Now you happen to throw in for the week, and I know we teach oh, that sometimes. Yeah. That we we actually say we think couples need to be intimate at least three times a week. At least. Yes, that's, that's that's our personal recommendation to yeah, you. Yeah, but people on medication, age could be a factor. What do we say to them? So um, work it out. We, we both of our parents <laughs> who have been married watch it, watch over. It. Well, they both have told us. My yeah, mother just said recently that you know there. I was telling someone about how our. Um, how our life and intimacy got better and better as time went on. And, That's true. And your parents you know, have been married over 50-something years now. 59. Yeah. yeah. And they say they're still enjoying each other. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I don't think that's a, a good excuse for people to say age and other stuff. You know, if you're walking and breathing and moving around and you, if you have a mate, you should be involved with your mate. And, and just being creative and, and, yeah. and making it happen and right. and coming up with some other ways to, to please your spouse. I get it. Yeah, okay. yeah, checking in. Okay. Yeah. Number oh. 10 of the top 10. Is fences. Fences keep stuff out. Fences keep stuff in. What does he mean when you're talking about fences? I'm thinking what, protecting and securing your marriage? Yeah, and yeah. creating goals and boundaries. And oh, uh, boundaries are not good. Those are rules. They're regulations. <laughs> People don't like rules and regulations. It's about being free, free to love. Yeah. It's about being open, right? Yeah, that's what uh, some of the celebrities say, and uh, how's it working for them, I right? know, that's a Dr. Yeah. Phil question. And that's working for you how? Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, so so boundary, goals and boundaries. And so are, are all goals and boundaries the same for everybody? They're not, because we may want to have some goals about where, where do we want our marriage to look like five years from now, and, and how do we get there? You know, we do that for business again, mm-hmm. and this is about having that same principle but bringing it into your house um, and, and creating some boundaries. It could be mm-hmm. creating some boundaries when it comes to some old high school mates, <laughs> creating some boundaries when it comes to social media. It could be creating some boundaries when it comes to in-laws. You just you have to talk about and discuss these things, and the better, the earlier, the better, but they have to be discussed. And putting up these fences to protect your marriage and have some boundaries. I think you're right because what one may feel is not necessary, and you and I have talked about that before, is that you don't have to worry about me. I mean, I'm fine, but you said I, you would say what? I'd worry about the other person. Oh, absolutely. And um, even with um, if I had a whole bunch of guy friends when I was single before I met you, you know, does that change? You gonna be okay with that? Oh, that's just Brett. He's a good friend of mine. But yet he sees the, you may see the look in Brett's eye. <laughs> and you know, because a man may know a, another man's look, just say, no, let's create a boundary there. Well, look, those are the top 10 uh, ways to renovate your marriage based on the book, uh, Renovating Your Marriage Room by Room by Dr. Johnny Parker and his lovely wife, Levlin. And, um, Once again, let's review these top ones right quick before we conclude. Number one was the wrong foundation dealing with unrealistic expectations. Uh, Number two was having a strong foundation, and that's really using the tools of communication and integrity. Number three was the kitchen, nutritious communication, checking in with your mate and making deposits daily. And in the bathroom, number four, 
how you can shower each other with forgiveness and practice using tools of forgiveness often, especially during times of conflict. And number five, in the basement, processing your excess baggage, uh, journaling your baggage and your issues. All right, let's go to the playroom. What do we do at the playroom? We play, we have fun, and that's, you know, even scheduling time to have fun. Doing what you enjoy doing, what your spouse uh, enjoys doing, and what you enjoy doing together. That was number six. And number seven, the living room. Together on the love seat, appreciating each other's differences. And number eight, in the sunroom. Do we give each other what we need so that we can flourish and that we can grow? And that is love and respect for each person. Number nine, the master bedroom is extraordinary love. Discuss your sexual needs and desires and check their temperature and see if they are pleased. And um, in fences, number 10, uh, protecting and securing your marriage, creating goals for your marriage, and even creating some boundaries as well. That's your top 10. I'm Jay Holloway. And I'm Control Holloway. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.